Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Hey, Purple Daily listeners, welcome into the show. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company for a minute. Federated, in addition to supporting business owners over the past 100 plus years, they've been supporting local health care facilities and workers during this pandemic here. In fact, they donated 18,000 N95 respirator masks to Owatonna Hospital and several outdoor blue lights for the Owatonna Clinic building. Federated Insurance employees are donating their time, talent, and financial resources to help our communities. And team members have produced masks and face shields for health care workers and first responders and caregivers. Federated Insurance is always putting community first. Uh, and as far as your business is concerned, remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Viking stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? You know, Matt's a three-down player. He understands pass protection. He catches the ball really well. And uh, you guys see what he can do. So we're really proud of how he played the other night. I, I would say everybody expects it from him because of watching him work, watching him practice, and his preparation as a player. And, and KP does a really good job with him. So uh, Matt's, Matt's got a bright, very bright future. Uh, Gary Kubiak talking about probably one of the most added fantasy football players of the season so far and Alex Madison who is likely to start in place of Dalvin Cook this Sunday. Welcome into Purple Daily, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. She covers the Vikings and Declan Goff producing. And let's just jump right into it, like, like we do every single week. Confidence, concern, curiosity, Vikings and Falcons. Dex, why don't you fire up some appropriate music here? We'll start with Courtney Cronin. The thing that you are the most confident in on behalf of the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. I am confident in the fact that Alexander Madison would not botch that fourth and one again. I am <laughs> confident in that. I think that it's just like you, you more reps you get, he's somebody unlike Dalvin. I mean, Dalvin Cook needs to kind of get like lathered up. I hate when people use that. That's oh, a great <laughs> running back term, Courtney. <laughs> lathered, up. lathered up. Yes. That's yes. so football. Yeah. Yeah. That works out ruined for me. Give him the rock when he's all lathered up. Oh, man, I was good. ruined it. I know it's just it's like when people say the word like moist and like that like seems like guys people. I don't think moist yeah, and lathered up okay. is the same thing. Actually, it's, totally if, I don't know. It's, just, it's a gross image. Like lathered, I would think of like soap. Like it's just weird. Actually, like, if, if, there, if, if there's a scale, if there's a scale of like two opposite on the football scale of words, lathered up is very football, right? 
Moist, moist, is, moist is on the other end of that scale. I, yeah. Yeah. I love lathered well, up, though. I think that's that's what, I mean, Dalvin Cook needs that to a degree, but I think Alexander Madison, we've talked to him about getting in a rhythm and, and, you know, what he did on his 112 yards last week and he added to the screen game. Like, he needed those reps. He needed to get going, to get in a rhythm. And I think that they will be able to sustain what they did in Seattle offensively with Alexander Madison in the place of Dalvin Cook. Notice I'm not even giving any of the Cook speculation that Mike Zimmer put out there um, any credence. Like, he's not playing. But he is not playing. He hasn't practiced. He's not playing. Yeah, so, agreed. Um, it's a tweet, Courtney. Don't worry about it, okay? I, I think that they will be just fine in the run game. Like I think truly they can do exactly what they did offensively against Seattle and probably even do it better against Atlanta. Like They found they have a formula for success, and he fin- Kirk Cousins finally got Irv Smith involved. I mean, Irv looked really good, and that gave – that, that first drive was a microcosm of what this offense should be. Five carries for Dalvin Cook. Kirk went five of seven for like 57 yards. Um, do something like that every single week to set the tone, and I think you will be good offensively because he spread the ball around. Everybody got a, their chance to kind of have a moment there, and they got a screen game going. So I think Madison will be able to spark the offense in a way that Kirk or way that Cook does every single week. Mm-hmm. Judd Zolga, what are you most confident in? I am confident in this. The, uh, the Falcons are second to last in the entire NFL in passing yards against. Mm-hmm. I am confident that Justin Jefferson's going to get the ball thrown oh. his way more than five times. <laughs> Kiss of death again here. So, no, that's got to happen. Gary, Mike, are you listening? Kirk, come on. Five times? Five targets for a guy who's a dynamic player who can go get the ball? I mean... I understand that there are going to be game plans that go sideways sometimes and things sure. like that. But five times, Justin Jefferson, in the previous two games before Seattle, established himself as an unbelievably dynamic player who can get huge chunks of yards. Um, I'm confident against a Falcons defense that cannot really stop the pass, that the Vikings are going to have success and Cousins is going to have a good passing day. But it's going to involve, I would hope, a much heavier dose of Justin Jefferson. I, I'm actually going to piggyback yeah. off this because the because the thing that I'm most confident in is very similar. I've, I think I've had Kirk Cousins, despite how hard I am on him, I think I've had him as the thing I'm most confident in like three times this season, including this week. This is a classic Kirk Cousins week, baby. Mm-hmm. Home game. Noon, bad defense, no pressure, coming off of a disappointing loss. Like the table is set for a 300 yard, three touchdown game by Kirk yeah. Cousins. And I'll give you some more stats too. So the Falcons are allowing a league worst 6.6 yards per play defensively this year. And opposing quarterbacks against the Falcons defense have a 118.3 passer rating with 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. And that's not garbage time. Because those teams are mostly, except for uh, the Dallas game was a comeback, I guess. But um, but these aren't like, oh, the Falcons are up by 30 and they're going to win the game and the other team goes Gardner Minshew for, you know, the, the, the fourth quarter. Like, they're they're losing these games because they're giving up so many passing yards. And so that, mm-hmm. that 118.3 passer rating, just to put it into context, is just shy of Aaron Rodgers' single-season all-time record passer rating of 122.5 in 2011. So to put it differently, the Falcons' defense this season has turned their opposing quarterbacks into 2011 cyborg Aaron Rodgers, the year he threw 45 touchdowns and six interceptions. So Kirk Cousins, go get him, buddy. Throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. That's all I want, okay? (laughs) You idiots. Don't ignore him. Come on. 
I think they watch the show and listen yeah. to the show on a regular Oh, basis, I'm sure so. Zim is tuned yeah, in. For sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving us the straight scoop. All right, Dex, what are you most confident in? Yeah, I'm confident Herb Smith finally bounces back. Last week you saw him get a healthy amount of targets for the first time all year. Last year he was a pretty dynamic tight end, and I'm hoping that's just the recipe because I, I know Alexander Madison can plug in and basically play for Dalvin Cook. He's not as dynamic, but but the offense and philosophy should stay the same. But I, I really am confident Herb Smith can finally get more involved in the offense after we saw it last week. Yeah, Courtney, I think we were we were kind of talking about Irv Smith, and we, we were wondering before last week, okay, were we just, like, wrong about this guy? Why doesn't he get any run? And then he gets the targets last week. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was just a matter of, like, needing to work him in, if they were trying to do something else, but it's like you think about where Stefanski had him at this point last year. It honestly was kind of around the same, because Thielen got hurt week seven at Detroit. So that's when he started to take some of that target share um, as they were splitting it up amongst Diggs, amongst BC Johnson at that point, and then Irv got involved. Um, maybe it just was like a little slower, but also, I mean, you got to think about it too. Like he was on the field, like he played, he didn't, you know, there were some penalties in there like this season. Like there were some penalties, there were some, you know, dropped passes, run, wrong routes run. Like, I mean, I think that, you know, kind of it came together, especially on that first drive. I mean, they, they threw the ball to him, you know, on back-to-back plays to open the game. I mean, that that's a sign, too, to me, that, like, they want to get him involved. They know he's a dynamic playmaker. And when you have a move tight end like that, I mean, it really, like, so few offenses um, have that position where the guy is, like, truly a dynamic passing threat, like a Travis Kelsey or, you know, for for a while it was, what, Dallas Goddard, um, uh, you know, in Philly, excuse me, Zach Ertz in Philly. And, like, I mean, that's – you know, I think something that you can really hang your hat on here. Hey, we do have this guy. We just need to get him involved more. But yeah, I agree with Declan. I think it's a great. That's I would be curious and uh, confident in it too. He really worked up a lather, you could say, last Football. week. Uh, uh, what are you most concerned about, Courtney? Um, what happens when this team goes one and five? If they go one and five, I think that that's, you know, against a really bad Atlanta team, a team that, as Judd said, 31st in passing yards allowed, 31st in passing touchdowns allowed, like they're plus one in turnover differential, yet they look awful. Like, I mean, they're just, I don't, you know, you you can't really figure out what's wrong with this team, but obviously, you know, special teams, defense, they're not very good there. They just fired everybody. So if the Vikings lose to this team, which, I'm not saying that Atlanta's going to come here and just lay down and die. Like you, you saw what happened with the Texans and the Jaguars last week. Like sometimes when a coach is fired, there's extra like fire underneath these guys to go win it for the next guy. Um, so they're going to, I don't think they're going to be any sort of like, you know, slouch when they come in here. So what happens if the Vikings lose and they're one in five going into the bye? Does ownership want to make a call? Do they, you know, What's the pressure there? Because the Vikings right now are looking at two and four going into the bye. Realistically, I picked them to win this week. So, yeah. I'm, and I'm confident in that pick. But if they don't, one in five, your season is it's over. Like, I mean, it's it's gone. Like, you're not going to be able to like rattle off eleven straight wins then coming out of the or ten straight wins coming out of the bye. It's just not going to happen. But you know, so, something in me says there will be changes somewhere. Some sort of accountability needing to be held if they go one in five. Well, you so I'm brought curious about what happens there. You brought up the thing that I am the most concerned about for the Vikings. You brought up the bounce back factor. So it's, to mm-hmm. me, it's 
It's Dan Quinn gets fired. We saw it with the Houston Texans where the Vikings got Bill O'Brien fired. And just while Bill O'Brien was going to get fired, the Vikings were just like the last gust of wind, basically. Yeah. According to Action Network, get this. Since 2003, 28 teams have fired their coach in season. Those teams have gone 12 and 16 straight up and 14 and 14 against the spread. So a 43% straight up win rate, which might not look great, but those teams had a 27% win rate going into those firings. But here's the most recent number. Excuse me. Since 2010, coaches fired midseason. The team's performance the week after is 12 and 8. So the last 10 years, and that starts with Brad Childress getting fired and the Vikings winning their first game under Leslie Frazier 10 years ago. Terrible win, another terrible win. So the last the last 20 times the the the, the NFL has seen coaches fired midseason. The next week's record is twelve and eight. So they're they're mm-hmm. and that by the way is uh that's that's basically Bill Belichick's career winning percentage extrapolated. So smaller <laughs> sample size, but teams do have that initial like, all right, we gotta we gotta at least show some effort and some pride here, and that's probably what yeah. happens with the Falcons to some extent this weekend. And it's just like with the Vikings, like there's a there's a big difference, like I said, between two and four and one and five. Like if this team really is better than their record indicates, which is what they want you to believe, like, hey, what's the one thing they're hanging their hat on right now? Two of our losses, losses. were to teams that are, you know, four and oh right now. Yeah. You know, two of our losses were by one point. Like we're almost there. But if you lose to the Falcons, like the concern there now is okay, like what direction are you actually going in and do changes need to be made? Interesting. Uh, my concern is this. So the Vikings right now going into this game are 28th in the National Football League in turnover differential at a minus five, which is absolutely mm-hmm. awful. Kirk Cousins has thrown uh, seven picks in 2020. He threw six picks in all of 2019. Yeah. My, my concern is ball security. I, that mm-hmm. like that's a that that's a killer. In fairness, it's hard to hold on to the ball when you're all lathered up. Football. No, you no, you're supposed to be able to. That's the thing about oh, it. Okay, sorry. You're all you're set to go. But you know, Kirk has thrown some bad picks. This team has had some um, some de- definite untimely. Um, giveaways and a minus five is really, really bad. And that's the type of thing that can flip a game like this quickly. Cause yes, the Falcons aren't good, but you know, if you fumble at, at your own 20, you're probably sunk or throw a pick there or take a safety there potentially. So my concern is this team's uh, propensity uh, for untimely uh, turning over the football. And I don't know that that ends. And you know what this team does, Courtney, the Vikings do things that not very good teams do, right? They don't win mm-hmm. close games. They give up yeah. late drives. They they throw a pick at a bad time. They don't come from behind well, in the fourth quarter yeah, successfully. So so you you can sit there if you're the Vikings and say, but Judd, look at the close games and the close losses, and I can come back and, and say, yeah, but if I'm a football doctor, you have all the telltale signs of a not very good sick football team, and you do the things that not very good football teams do. Doctor Judd. No, but seriously, no, no, like no empathy. Yeah, you're right. If they come to me, the, I tell them. The closing look. out games thing, I think, is huge. Like you can't, you know, what happened there in the final 102 seconds of the game in Seattle. Like that can't happen. You can't give up two big fourth down conversions. And it's like, okay, well, what does this team need to do to get over the hump? Well, close out games. But like that seems like it's easier said than done. It's not it necessarily a team thing. It's like, Agreed. 
you know, you've got young corners back there that you're leaving exposed when you blitz on fourth and ten. And Cam Dantzler, like, it was ran past DK Metcalf. Like, I mean, it just, I don't know. I don't know how you fix that other than just, like, time maybe and more reps. I don't know. Yeah. Dex, what are you most concerned about? Yeah, just piggybacking kind of off what you guys have been saying, too, just that this Falcons team could be super motivated and, and they've, They've put up weird numbers that, like, you should. In, it should indicate that they should yeah. not be zero and five, but here they are, and they have so many good playmakers like Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, and yet here they are still zero and five. And now that they've got Dan Quinn fired, are they going to come in here with the fire under their keister and ready to show the Vikings that they're going to get their first win? And and then how does that spiral out of control for the Vikings, as Courtney said? Because I think yeah. there is going to be some accountability if you go into the bye week one and five. Huh? To go, yeah, that. That will be interesting. Thing you're most curious about, Courtney Cronin. So this was brought to my attention. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but like I am curious. So do you guys? I know at the top of the show we played the Gary Kubiak quote about um, about Alexander Madison. It's like he's a three down player. He understands pass protection. Blah 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 blah. So like in the in the beginning of that quote, it wasn't played. It's quote. I guess the best compliment I can give Matt. That's what he calls Alexander Madison, super original, is that when Dalvin leaves the game, I don't change my mindset at all. So I posted that quote yesterday, like out of Gary's availability, and there were all of these people who like came out of the woodwork to be like, that's what he's saying about the backup running back when you just paid the number one running back $63 million on a five-year deal. Mm -hmm. Um, What does that say? Like, did you really need to do that? So of course, like, what is Gary going to say? Yeah, there's a major drop-off between Dalvin and Alexander when maybe that's not even the case. Or like, yeah, Dalvin definitely would have hit that hole on fourth and one. Like, you know, what do you want him to say? But I am, I am curious, though. It's like, if you're taking that comment at face value, it's like, okay, then why did – if there's not that big of a difference, why did the Vikings do what they did? And, and yeah. you know, maybe – I honestly – I'm – not trying to re- give too much into the mob who's like, you know, all the analytics people being like, yeah, that's why you don't pay running backs, blah, blah. Like, I think that Gary was being complimentary of a young back. And it's like, will we see in this next game that Dalvin Cook is completely irreplaceable in this offense? Or can Alexander Madison actually, like, you know, get <laughs> thing going? Because it's not going to, like, they can get out of Dalvin Cook's contract after about two years. And Al, and, and where you get to find out if that guy that's his backup would potentially be a good fit. And Gary Kubiak is the backup running back whisperer in his career My as goodness, an offensive. Yeah. And keep in mind, Kubiak just saw Samia get hurt in practice. His hand basically fell off, and then said, "Ezra Cleveland's coming along, Greg. Yeah, it really is. Hey, man, Ezra Cleveland <laughs> looks really good these days. Really, that's exciting. Oh yeah." And Samia's f- hand fell off. But I don't want to talk about that. Um, I, I am most curious about who we are going to see start at guard. And is this the beginning of the Ezra Cleveland era just as a starter at left guard with Dakota Dozier going to replace Samia at right guard? And I will tell you this. If it is not, if they come up with some other silly thing and Samia does not play and and Cleveland does not start, please, please hit the panic alarm, which we lost from yesterday's show, but thank God it's back now. If Ezra Cleveland is deemed that he cannot start, something has gone very wrong and off the tracks yeah, right. as far as development, and I will be the first to stand up in the press box and yell down to the field, what the hell is going on down I'm there? I'm excited for all the better than Ezra jokes that will happen oh, no, if he gets please. out to a slow start. No, that's old now, right? <laughs> God. That band's way past, right? 
No, it's, but I mean, it's, it's just set. They write themselves, Judd. You got to go with it. Just so, like, uh, Dex, what are you most curious about? I, I'm. I know it was Judd's confident, but I'm. I'm curious if this whole Justin Jefferson target plan. I mean, just looking at all of his targets throughout the first five weeks: three, three, nine, five, five. And obviously, the last three games he's been starting, he's gone over a hundred yards in two of those last three games. <laughs> Almost. And uh, let's stay, Dex. I'm just curious if the dude can finally get, if Kirk, more than not necessarily him get involved more, can Kirk go his way more? I don't know if it's like the yeah. Randy ratio plan of let's like put a target number on him and get him the football. I'm just curious how he, how he fits in against the Falcons. Yeah. Um, and then I'll wrap this, uh, this round of confidence, curiosities, concerns. The thing I'm most curious about is if the Vikings are trailing in the fourth quarter. Our friend on Twitter, Minnesota Researcher, has been doing a, a super deep dive just courtesy of the pro football reference mm-hmm. uh, play database. And so last week he came up with, and we, we talked about this with you, Courtney, a couple weeks ago, the lack of fourth quarter comebacks since Kirk Cousins Kirk, jumped on board. Yeah. There's there's one since he jumped on board, and there's a tie against Green Bay. But people want to know, all right, but like, how many chances have they had? And so Minnesota mm-hmm. Researcher did that math. So the Vikings have had... 18 opportunities under the Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer era. And they've completed one successfully, a fourth quarter comeback or a game winning drive. How does that compare to other quarterbacks? That's a 6% success rate, which is not very good. How does it compare to other quarterbacks? Russell Wilson over that same stretch, 55% success rate when given a chance for a game winning drive or a fourth quarter comeback. Deshaun Watson, 46%. Jared Goff, 43%. Mitch Trubisky, 38%. Ryan Tannehill, 39%. Kirk Cousins, again, 6%. So this is a great team. This this team loves to blow leads. This team loves to allow quarterbacks to hit the gas pedal in the fourth quarter. And so if the Vikings are trailing, this is your chance, Kirk Cousins, to get another one on the board. Fourth quarter comeback. All right. So that's what I'm most Don't curious about. Don't be trailing to the Falcons, okay? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Just make it's this like, easy. Are you, are you really going to be – I mean – that's kind of the year that we're in, though, with this yeah. team because the defense. I mean, Matt Ryan's still a very good quarterback, and Todd Gurley is the he's the best part of that team. Um, and he looked really good last week. I know that they, the offense, again, was like a mess against the Panthers, and they no-showed on Monday Night Football the week before that against Green Bay. But, like, Gurley's looking really good, but if you don't have any other pieces around him, if Julio's not going to play. I mean, I know Calvin Ridley's a good receiver. I assume he's playing, but, like, you know – I don't know. The offense has pieces, but it's just like they, they're like in an even worse state than the Vikings are being able to overcome their defenses and aptitude. Yeah. Well, once again, Vikings vent line, whatever happens, whether it's a fourth quarter comeback or a blowout win or an epic loss, you can hit us up and you can jump into the video with us if you want by emailing vikingsventline at gmail.com and you can catch the show right after the game is over on Sunday on the Purple Daily Podcast YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. All right, that's Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, wonderful job producing, and we will see you guys tomorrow.